Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be with my friends. I'm just trying to make some money. My job is not just entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Lousy day. Makes sense. We got a series of numbers from January that were way too hot. And I keep telling you, the hotter the economy, economic data gets with new jobs and inflation galore, the worse the stock market will behave. It means the Federal Reserve needs to keep lowering the boom on us. The market's frantically trying to find its footing, but it just can't without some cooler inflation numbers. It's exasperating. Unfortunately, we got the exact opposite today. Dow tumbled 337 points. S&P sank 1.05%. NASDAQ plunged 1.69%. See, it turns out that January, whose data we're looking at, was incredibly robust for the economy. And we got a host of numbers that showed that the Fed's no longer actually making progress in its war against food, housing, and wage inflation. The strangest thing is... We all knew this. We all knew that January defied higher rates. But I need to warn you, the Fed will keep tightening until we get some major numbers that show a real victory against inflation. Until then, there's no sense fighting it. The market has to go lower as interest rates go higher. The good news is we're getting oversold. The bad news is we haven't bottomed yet because we're not oversold enough. Not everything's bad. If you want some positives in this week's game plan, look no further than the Berkshire Hathaway quarter tomorrow. Of course, it'll be dissected aggressively on Monday, producing a nice counter to all of this negative news. Look, I hate to simply label Berkshire's CEO Warren Buffett perennially rosy, even, by the way, as roses are perennials. But I fully expect a folksy laundry list about how the mighty U.S. markets transcended a 19% Fed funds rate in the 80s, so a 6% handle won't be devastating if that's where we're headed. Uh, we need Buffett to say it, because no one else will. I anticipate nothing but positives. Good way to start the week, don't you think? We're also hosting the CNBC Investing Club annual meeting in New York City this weekend. Club members can watch the stream live tomorrow at cnbc.com slash investing club slash live starting at 1030 a.m. Hey, why don't you, we're going to bring it. Why don't you join the club? You know, there are a lot of overvalued tech stocks out there. I'm very critical of the companies that either don't turn a profit, but some of them have uh, positive earnings like Workday and Zoom Video which report Monday after the close. Only one of them is growing, though, and that's Workday. Both companies have undergone restructurings that include layoffs. If Zoom shows any growth at all, this stock is going to go higher. And I sure hope it does, because I'm kind of rooting for them. If Workday can accelerate its growth from this level, it, too, will roar. 
Not everything has to go down, people. On Tuesday, Target starts things off in a quarter that tends to set the tone for the whole day. I think we may have to deal with the fact that there's a ton of weakness in retail in general. I'm worried Target shares might have to revisit the lower levels, maybe even the levels they saw in December, down more than 25 points from here. At those levels, though, it's going to be a buy. But until then, look, I'm, yeah, it's up in the air. How about that? At the same time, Chevron has an Investor Day event. I think it'll be good, but unfortunately, oil and gas prices have fallen so hard, it might not even matter what they say. The last quarter wasn't up to snuff. The stock's been going down ever since, at least according to Wall Street. To me, I just want to hear Chevron's view. But the stock's pretty much in no man's land. What else? Goldman Sachs has a big investor meeting on Tuesday. I like this one. The stock's very inexpensive here, selling for about 10 times earnings. And this is about as low as the earnings are likely to get because the capital markets business is more or less dead right now. Can it get more dead? I don't think so. I think the financials are the group to watch, and Goldman in particular could ignite a rally. After the close, we hear from AMC Entertainment. Now, this is a wild one. The CEO, Adam Aaron, is a brilliant salesman of his own stock. I bet he tells an amazing story about how this movie chain's doing incredibly well and everything's great. It's just terrific. It's great. The popcorn, anything. My response, as my wife always says whenever I go on a ridiculous messianic rant slash jag, have at it. Knock yourself out. I don't know. Uh, what else is there to say about AMC? Wednesday brings us the results for Lowe's. Yeah, big, the big, big store, big box, blue sign. Wall Street expecting nothing good. Well, that's perfect for CEO Marvin Ellison when he takes the mic and I think will tell us a darn good story, complete with optimism for the spring. I like Lowe's because the stock's already been seasoned by that meltdown at Home Depot. It's vaccinated against disappointment. After the close, Salesforce CRM reports. A lot of controversy about this one, led by the different activist hedge funds, but I've got to tell you, I'm betting it dies down. And perhaps, I know this is going to sound surprising, but I know that my partner, David Faber, and I've been talking about it. Maybe Mark Benioff can get back to business and these five different activist firms can stop bothering him. Unfortunately, I'm not sure how Salesforce business is actually doing, which is going to determine how the stock does that day. Uh, it, it, the stock trades like a nightmare, though. We got a small position in this one for the Chapel Trust. Honestly, I wish we owned more because I believe Benioff can deliver once he makes peace with the activists. But that doesn't mean that the stock's going to rally when we see the number. All right, let's not bury the lead. I should have started with it right here. Wednesday belongs to Elon Musk when Tesla holds an investor meeting. Now, most of these affairs are quite dry. (laughs) You think this one will be? I think it'll be wild. You can't game a real surprise. I'm not talking about one of those faux self-generated surprises, but genuine shockers. I think Musk can take aim at his competitors who simply haven't been able to challenge him yet, the latest being Lucid, which reported particularly hideous numbers. One look at the stocks of Rivian or Fisker tells us these small electric vehicle plays can't keep up. And, man, I sure hope Ford fixes the battery in the F-150 Lightning by the the time Tesla speaks, or else I think Musk is going to have a little fun with Ford. I enjoy him. I enjoy his banner. I enjoy what he's up to. And I've got to tell you, I think it's going to be some real lights-out stuff when he speaks. I like the stock. Thursday, we got more retailers, all right, uh, including three that could be very compelling because of their valuations and because of their stickiness. The first two, uh, Best Buy and Macy's, they are dirt cheap, and that intrigues me, although neither is going to blow the doors off. And then the one that's sticky is Kroger because they are able to raise price if its food price goes up. But the Fed, they want to see... Kroger's sales go down, frankly. Now, they're not looking specifically at Kroger, but you know what I mean. We want to stop inflation wherever we see it. And it's really bad at the supermarket. After the close, Costco reports. Now, we own this one for the Chapel Trust, too. But the stock has a bad habit of going down on any news, 
even good news. I mean, that's how bad the market is right now. And it's only going to get worse because we're in a retail bear market. I say this. I say if those of you who have a constitution that can stomach risk, you've got my blessing to buy Costco if it goes down on the quarter. Finally, Friday, we get three people from the Fed speaking. Oh, my God. Can I take the day off? I'm looking at my executive producer. Can I take the day off because of these three? Uh, Fed presidents Lori Logan, Raphael Bostic, along with uh, Michelle Bowman, a member of the Board of Governors. I think any one of these people can sink the market. Do they want to do it? It really doesn't matter. They do it. All right? And we've been dealing with a strong January numbers. I want to at least let us see February numbers before we condemn the market once again. Bottom line, we can still get some individual good stories next week. But for now, I think the market can still head lower until we adjust to the prospect of more aggressive rate hikes to curb this ferociously persistent inflation. Short-term bear, longer-term bull. John in Florida. John. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, John. What's going on? Hey, I'm, most travel stocks are knocking out of the park, but Expedia seems to, to be broken. Uh, do you see any help for them? What should I do with this? You, you know, look, I, I like Expedia management. We talked to Peter Kerr when we were out in Seattle. But I, I was so impressed with the numbers Fogel put up at booking. And you know, look, up 25 today. I mean, that, that stock could be even much higher. And by the way, Airbnb is not done going higher. Stop nitpicking. Frank in New York, Frank. Frank? Hey, booyah, Jim. Booyah, Frank. How are you? Good, good. Jim, i got a question on Disney. Uh, sure. A lot of the investors on television and media saying it's a stock to buy, yet it's nowhere near the 205 high that it was. And also, I'm confused by all the movies doing so well, but the stock's not responding. Yeah, Frank, look, I got to tell you, look, my chapel trust owns it. I had to sit through a ridiculous presentation which said Warner Brothers is the new Disney. Well, how about Disney being the new Disney? I think it's time for Bob Iger to step up and be counted, give us some idea about how he's going to be able to deliver numbers while he's also looking for a successor because the stock is down a great deal. And I, I bet you some people are pretty unhappy that it's down this much. Let's go to John in Massachusetts. John. Hey, Jim, I think you're a rock star at what you do. For, so for that, we all thank you. My well, no, with- my wife doesn't like it. She calls me a mosquito celebrity. She tells oh, me it's an now. O at the end of mosquito. It's, it's, it's an A. Go ahead. Yeah, she does what she says. What's going my, on? My question is with GE Healthcare, which is a recent spinoff from General Electric. I've heard you talk about pigs getting slaughtered for years now, and I have an 89% gain in the stock. I think I might be starting to smell like bacon. What do you think? Even beyond meat bacon. It's time. Okay, let's get serious, John. I want you to take half that off the table. It's been a real winner. I like the company, but we're not about being bulls make money, bears make money, and hogs. Don't be a hog. All right, we can still get some individual good stories if we don't give up, and we are probably closer to a bottom than anyone thinks. But for now, it's not so good. Man Money tonight, despite a tough market landscape, train, T-R-A-N-E kind, continues to cruise higher. So what's behind the stock's trade? I'm going to get to the bottom of this right with the CEO. Then AAP has pulled back this year, so are investors getting a buying opportunity in this incredible utility? I'm going to with the top brass. And last night, Beachy, another good yielder, reported solid results for the fourth quarter after introducing guidance for the rest of the year that I liked. What should investors be watching from Beachy in 2023? Do not miss my exclusive. And stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. 
follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash mad money terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed. We spend a lot of time worrying about big picture headwinds like excessive inflation, Fed mandated slowdown. But there are some companies that seem to defy those headwinds. Take train technologies. That's a major player in the heating, ventilation, air conditioning space with a refrigerated trailer kicker. You've seen them on the, tr- on the road. You just don't know it. You think this company would struggle given their exposure to new construction or the overall weakness and freight for the trailer business. But train keeps putting up excellent numbers. At the, at the beginning of the month, they reported a blowout quarter. Also issued phenomenal full year forecasts. Even the recent market white self, the stock's held up pretty well. How they pulled off? Let's check in with David Regnery. He is the chairman and CEO of Train Technology. Get a better sense of the story, Mr. Regnery. Hey, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, this Jim, is thanks fantastic. For having me. Thanks for having me. All right. On the show. So, for the younger people out there, including my daughter, who's always said, "Dad, <laughs> could you find me a company that's trying to make the planet cleaner?" I've got in front of me a man who says our goals are de- decarbonization and sustainability. You've got the floor. Yeah, they absolutely are. Our company's um, really founded in our purpose, which is to challenge what's possible and innovate for a sustainable world. And if you think about it, in our, what, what we look at in our industry, heating and cooling of buildings represents about 15% of all global greenhouse One gas. 1.5% is One five. Okay. heating and cooling of buildings. And then if you add on their food waste, it's another 10%. Okay. And you think about food waste, the majority of it comes from the way it's being transported. 
So we are in a sweet spot in train technologies where we have 25% of the greenhouse gas that we can go after and really decarbonize it and well, make it incredible. greener. Now, you said something unbelievable in the conference call I'm never going to forget. Being broken means too much energy. Explain that to people. Well, what we did was we realized early on that uh, if you think about a building, in, in 10 years ago, we used to think, oh, it's not cooling, it's not heating properly, so something has broken the system. That's now transformed to we're connected to buildings, we're connected to assets, and now something is broke when it's consuming too much energy. So we don't roll a technician necessarily just when something isn't properly, that isn't working binarily. We roll a truck when something is using too much energy. Now, your, your passion is clearly uh, to make it so that there's less carbon, uh, and it seems like that you have a huge amount of technology, a lot of really fantastic scientists that work at your company right now. We sure do. We have scientists that, this is, this is an incredible story, but usually you, didn't, you don't find the incumbent that's a disruptor. Right. And what we were able to do is, in, in a traditional building, you have a cooling plant, usually a chiller plant, and you have a heating plant, usually a boiler. What our team did was combine the two into one system. We call it a thermal management system. We have eliminated the need to use fossil fuel for heating. And when you think about the 15% of carbon for heating and cooling of buildings, the majority of that comes from the heating side because it's fossil fuel. And the efficiency levels you get by combining these systems, they could be three to four times more efficient than the conventional system. And I know you mentioned that in, in conjunction also with Europe, which we know is far ahead of the United States in terms of fighting global warming. So that, that, that must be a, a very good seller. Yeah, I mean, our, our business in Europe is just a, has a fantastic fourth quarter. Our revenue growth in the fourth quarter for our commercial HVAC in Europe was up 40 percent or zero. That, that's incredible since everyone thinks that Europe is more abundant, obviously not. Now, you make a lot of money once the product is in. You have a consistent service revenue. I mean, you're not just saving the world. You're making a lot of money for shareholders. That's right, Jim. I mean, 30% of our revenue is from services. And it's, it's now becoming more connected. It's becoming more digitized. And it's, uh, it's just a fabulous business that uh, we're very proud about here at Train Technologies. On your conference call, your CFO said something very unusual. He said, our shares remain attractive, trading below our calculated intrinsic value. Most CEOs and CFOs never are willing to say that their stock is cheap. They said, Jim, that's up to you. You've done some work on this. You've modeled what your company should be worth. We sure have. We, we're always looking at our intrinsic value, and, and we have a lot of firepower to buy back shares. Three, more than $3 billion. More than $3 billion. And uh, when we're in that situation, we'll, we'll, we have a balanced uh, capital allocation strategy. So we're going to pay a competitive dividend. We're going to always look to reinvest in our company. Right. The way we've been successful is through this relentless innovation. And it creates a flywheel. So we're always going to look at great investments. And then we'll certainly look at share buyback and M&A right. to make sure that we deploy 100% of our free cash. When I first met Train, you were part of a major conglomerate. A conglomerate, by the way, was run by a very good person. Uh, are you able, a, a company like Train lost in a conglomerate is a company that can't grow. I mean, you are just Train now, and it works, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I look at, I'm very proud of our success we've had in 2022. Organic revenue is up 15%. Our EPS growth was 21%. Uh, we delivered, again, strong cash flow. So this business is very vibrant. 
It's growing, and the mega trends around sustainability continue to intensify. You also made it clear that you had some supply uh, chain issues. Those are in the past. And you, by the way, you didn't. You're not raising the alarm. You're, you're not seeing inflation that's going to be uh, that it's going to be such a negative that you're going to have to asterisk your numbers this year. That's correct, Jim. I would tell you that supply chain. We our team's done a fantastic job uh, with the supply chain. Unfortunately, it's not 100% fixed. It's not the back to what I would call normal. Uh, but it will get better over time, and we're seeing a gradual improvement. And people should understand that when you build a chip factory, when you build a battery plant, when you ba- build a data center, that's your bread and butter. There's a lot of cooling capacity required when you build, as you just said. Now, uh, can you tell us about what the, uh, I always laugh at, but the Inflation Reduction Act might mean for your company? Yeah, I mean, the short answer is it's going to be a tailwind. Right. I think that you have two components of that. One is a tax credit that's been implemented. Right. The other is the rebate, which is where funds are going to flow from the Fed to the states. And each state will have a little bit different framework that they'll operate in. So we think that's a tailwind in the back half yeah, of the year. Yeah, it's 2024. 2023 is schools. That's their funding. Right. So uh, in 2022, in the education vertical, our equipment orders were up. 40%, 4-0. These are better than tech numbers, people. This is what you're looking for in this environment. I want to congratulate you. Train is a great company. You've done fantastic work. Dave Brignari is the chairman and CEO of Train Technology CT, and I've always loved this business. I also love, I always love ThermoGeek, too. You've Thermo done great, great stuff. Too. Thank Thanks you very much. Everybody's back there to the break. Coming up, are winds of change blowing for this power player? Kramer plugs in with AEP after earnings. Next. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Now that we're getting hotter than expected inflation readings, look, the chances of a nasty Fed-mandated recession, well, they've gone up, which means you might have to swap back into traditional slowdown stocks. You know what I like? I like the utilities. They're one of the best performing groups last year. Take Kramer Fave American Electric Power, AEP, Columbus, Ohio-based utility, 5.6 million customers across 11 states. AP returned over 10% last year. You know we love it despite the hideous downturn in the averages. Let's pull back nearly 5% in 2023 as Wall Street rotated out of these plays. I bet that rotation is going to reverse real soon. Plus, yesterday morning, AP, as usual, reported a strong quarter. And earlier this week, we learned they're selling their unregulated renewable energy portfolio. Nice catalyst. We'll get into it. I think this is a buying opportunity, plain and simple. Don't take it from me, though. Let's dig deeper with Julie Sloat. She's the new CEO of Merck Electric Power. Learn more. Ms. Sloat, welcome to Man Money. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be oh, here. Oh, thank you, Julie. First, people need to know, it's not like you're new to Merck Electric power. You're an old hand. That's right. That's right. I've been here for a while, but I've got to tell you, stepping into the CEO role at this time where we are in our space, it's not a more exciting time than this today. 
Well, I, I could agree more. When you're in the states that basically are uh, Heartland, and Heartland's doing better, when California's laying off tech guys and the East doesn't know what to do, you must be busy industrial, commercial, and residential. Oh, that's absolutely right. And we focus on it every day because, you know, we're a utility company, right. but we're really in the economic development business when you think about it, right? So we're constantly trying to spur that business activity. Really important to us. Well, in that case, we know that one of the biggest bills ever was this CHIPS Act. And it looks like that Ohio is going to be a big beneficiary. I, I have to believe they're checking with you to see there's enough power. I know you always pr produce low-cost power for tech. That's right. Absolutely. And it is, it is a great thing for the state of Ohio. And just in general, our entire service economy is going to benefit from all this great activity as we try to attract more businesses across our entire footprint. As a matter of fact, when you think about it, you look at our commercial um, load that's gone up tremendously. Right. It's been a, as a result of that effort, trying to attract business. Industrial, same thing. Two-thirds of our growth on the industrial side has come from our economic development efforts that happened in the past. I mean, yes, this fantastic. Is, uh, well, I was talking with Carl Quintanilla this morning, morning show. Let's get bus tickets where the action is, and it happens to be in your area. Love now, it. you did, there's some things that sometimes are difficult for people to understand. Uh, you've been trying to sell one regulated business, Kentucky. Uh, you have this unregulated renewable business that didn't fit into your portfolio. So just talk about the shuffling, because the first thing that people say is, is that shuffling going to mean lower dividend? Well, no, that shuffling doesn't mean anything about a lower dividend. Actually, it's going to propel our growth or at least enable us to continue to invest in the regulated business. So we'll take those dollars from both of those sales and channel it right back into our regulated business. We're going to spend $40 billion making sure our customers are able to receive reliable, clean energy over the next five years. Now, uh, Nick Akins, your predecessor, was always uh, teaching me about how he wanted to go as renewable as possible, even faster than some of the states are in. Uh, tell me your plan, because I know you've got a very aggressive, I think, uh, very aggressive game plan and goal that I think is terrific. We, we do. And you know what? No change in terms of what Nick had told you. We are in a great position. AEP does have one of the biggest transformation stories, so that's another reason why it's an exciting time for us. Sure. But we're going to spend, of the $40 billion I mentioned to you, $9 billion is on renewables in the next five years. Uh, that's very good, because in 2006, when I first saw you guys, you were basically a coal-based utility. That is no way you can describe it that after this. No, absolutely not. It's going to change dramatically. Now, uh, nuclear is something that uh, Nick and I have been we're batting around. Uh, I happen to be very pro-nuke, and I think the country's come around to that. But are you able to do some uh, small-format nukes that are where your nukes are now and maybe uh, have some very good, reliable, clean power? We're actually looking into that technology now, because you know what? I'm going to think, I think it's going to take all of it. It's going to take all the different types of sources of energy. So I think over time, we'll look at nuclear and see how that fits into our portfolio. Absolutely. Okay, so give me a, a profile of when, when the, the industrial is really booming. What is it? Who's building? What are they doing? Yeah, so for us, um, we're attracting all sorts of different businesses to our footprint. We've got some you know, variability as it relates to different cycles, but as I mentioned to you, that economic development aspect of our business, bringing those to our service territory. Why we like the industrial customer base so much is because it's got a cascade effect, meaning all these jobs come to our service territory, more jobs, more commercial load. What that means is I have a bigger denominator, makes my customer rates easier to take down or at least to manage them. This, this product is, has to be affordable. Okay, so you do have some nat gas. People have been saying to me, Jim, natural gas is down low. Does that mean American Electric Power makes more money? And I have to say, I don't want to just tell someone that's too simple, but right. you can put it in words to explain why you're not levered to the swinging price of natural gas. Yeah, no, we pay very close attention to natural gas prices. What we want to do is make sure our customers are able to afford our product. And so when I think about the renewable investment we just talked about, the, re the reason the renewables make so much sense, it takes that fuel volatility out of our 
our portfolio. So we'll still have some natural gas. Again, it takes all of it. But if I'm able to take some of that volatility out, it allows my customer to have a more stable um, rate that they pay over time. If that okay. And so what do you say to people who say, listen, I don't want them to get out of any renewables, but here I see they're selling something that seemed like a pretty good business. Yeah, it's a great business. It's a discrete portfolio. It's unregulated, so it's not necessarily our core business. If we can monetize that, in other words, sell that piece of the business, take those dollars and channel it back to the regulated business, invest in those renewables on the regulated side of the business, makes total sense. Okay, last question. For the last two years, I've been waiting for something to happen with Kentucky. It just seems like that when I deal with uh, a utility, it's not like a transaction that you're dealing with uh, a, a big tech company. No, no. And, you know, we're dealing with regulators, and that's what we do. That's part of our fabric. And we're entirely focused on getting that transaction completed because we need to make sure that those customers get low-cost power continued to be delivered to them. Now, is it the delay of your uh, just... let's say, not substantive, or is the delay something that we should worry about that maybe the deal gets shot down? Well, I think that we're entirely focused on making sure it happens because that deal includes lots of customer savings, and so that needs to happen for the state of Kentucky and that service territory. So what we're doing with our regulator is making sure that we're ticking and tying and scratching every itch that they threw out there to make sure that the customer gets what it needs. Well, good. It sounds like it will get done then. I know that's terrific for people who are shareholders, rate payers, everybody. That's I want right. to thank Julie Sloat, the new CEO of American Electric Power, A. P. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, investing is no game. So how have casinos helped this stock hit big? Find out next. How do we play the travel and leisure boom now that we're back on the defensive and very much worried about the damage the Fed might do to the broader economy? If you want to play it safe here, you know what I like? I like Vici Properties. That's a real estate investment trust that owns casino, hospitality, and entertainment properties, including some of the most iconic locations on the Las Vegas Strip. This is the only real estate play in the SP 500 that gives you a positive return last year. Think about that. Now, last night, Vici reported a solid quarter again, which is good enough to send the stock higher at the open, although it only got dragged down by the end of the market. You know, look, we know the market can pull down anything. It goes down 0.57%. Not a lot. So can these guys keep putting up good numbers? Let's take a closer look with Ed Petoniak. He's the CEO of Vici Properties. Find out more about the quarter and what comes next. Mr. Petoniak, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, good to see you again. Okay, so five years ago I saw you. I remember it was a Goldman deal. There were a million deals at that time. And I always told people, look for the deals where the stock don't go to a double at the premium. Look for the ones that are good, solid businesses. Well, it turns out from that period, I think you're the best. So tell us how you got in the SP 500. Well, you know, Jim, it, it was about five years ago, just about now, we rang that bell. And if I told you then, okay, Jim, over the next five years, the S&P 500 and NASDAQ are both going to deliver about identical cumulative total return, 48 49%. You would have gone, nah, it's okay, right. but it's not great. Over that five-year period, we delivered 110% total return. So more than a little, two, more than a little 2x S&P 500 and NASDAQ. And so much of it was about using a strategy of getting bigger to achieve the goal of getting better, right? right? Uh, we greatly improved our portfolio, improved our balance sheet, and eventually got to a size where the S&P 500 brought us in faster than any other REIT in history. Well, congratulations. That's Thank quite you. A big, now, there's a terrific piece by Steve, of all things. It says, the, this is Feb 23rd, the REIT that never sleeps. And that means you're always on the lookout. And you make a lot of deals. We do make a lot of deals, and it's, it's the way in which we grow. It's the way in which we create value. So as we announced uh, last night with earnings, our guidance for 2023 is 10% growth in distributable cash flow at the midpoint of our guidance. Right. Now, you take that 10%, 
and you compare it to a consensus on S&P 500, which ain't great for earnings right. growth. Right. And then you combine that with our dividend of four and a half percent. And I think for, for your investors, the combination of earnings growth and dividend is a pretty good proxy for what you might expect for total return. I am so glad you said for your investors. I hear a lot of people talk all day about trading in and out of some stocks. You don't trade in and out of Vici. You own Vici. And that's what we do at Mad Money. There was a transaction that uh, was a very interesting one. My partner in the morning show, David Faber, talked a lot about the Blackstone Real Estate Income Trust, BREIT, and how it had some troubles recently. Now, I, they're a good partner. I love Blackstone. Jonathan Gray, he's fantastic. But at the same time, you were able to close a fabulous deal with them that I think is going to be great for shareholders. It is going to be a great deal for shareholders. And we were able to do the deal the way we did it with a very valuable partner, Blackstone, with, with whom we're still in partnership because we had liquidity. Yeah. Right? They called literally mid-November. By December 1st, we had a deal to announce. The reason we could announce it is because we could pay for it. And we could pay for it because we've been one of the act, most active raisers of equity on Wall Street during our first five years. Okay, so you're watching, you're hearing, well, wait a second, Jim says it never sleeps. You just did a Canadian deal. I find four Canadian gaming properties, sale leaseback. Well, how do I know that I'm going to, if I buy the stock Monday morning, that Monday afternoon he's not going to do a big offering, I could have gotten a better price? Well, the, the way to think about REITs and the issuance of equity is it is through the issuance of equity that REITs grow. Okay. Right. We grow our distributable cash by buying new properties and adding earnings that benefit everybody. I've had investors say to me, hey, you're always raising equity. It's right. diluted. It's only diluted if everybody's earnings go down. Right. But if we issue equity to make everybody's earnings go up, it is by definition a creative equity raising, which will raise the value of your stock over time as those new earnings get incorporated with the new equity that we're paying for those earnings with. Okay, so how are the non-Vegas uh, buys doing, including some that are kind of fun for kids and some clean living stuff? Oh, they're all doing really well. We have a secular trend going on right now in the preference for experiences versus yes. things, right? And we got two big demographic age waves. We've got you and me, aging, well, not aging baby boomers. Yeah, I got younger since last week. You did, but, uh, you well, did. You, you and, may be and, and you're a Canyon Ranch uh, client. I love, love Canyon, but that's where I'm going, is that I wanted to know how that deal was, because the last time you were on the Canyon Ranch deal had been struck. We, that's right. John Goff and I were here in late October. We, uh, we had just announced that partnership. It is, we are so excited, not only about what we're doing with Canyon Ranch in Austin, but what we have the opportunity to do with John and the team globally. The need for wellness is only going to increase as we go forward. I think that's great. You're, you're sold out. These are all sold out properties. I should tell people that if you try to go to Canyon Ranch, you can't. It's sold no, it's out. Not it's easy. just sold out. It's just a really, really great idea. The last thing I want to ask you is, is that people say, okay, well, how, what's, what are they doing with their distribution? How are we going to find out what kind of dividend, we're, well, what distribution you're going to make? Yeah. So, thank God this week's over, right? Um, kind of. <laughs> I know I went to Philly and, yesterday. I liked it. You know, and, and there's a lot of good reasons to buy the S&P 500. Dividend yield is not one of them. I know. It's one and it's a half pathetic. percent. Okay? So, take that one and a half percent. Combine it with the consensus earnings growth, you know, and depending who you want to listen to, if it's Mike Wilson, it could be as low as negative nine and oh. others, it's still not going to be great. So look at it. If you're going to buy individual stocks, I would recommend in this climate, start with the dividend. Right. Is it solid? Has it been weather tested? Did, did the dividend hold up during COVID? We collected all of rent in COVID. We right. grew our dividend in COVID. Okay. So is it a solid dividend? Can it grow? Well, it'll only grow if earnings grow. Again, 10% earnings growth. So buy a dividend 
that has the chance to grow. And the worst thing that can happen is you have money in your pocket at the end of the year. Well, from the day I met you. Uh, and I, I love that deal. And I did, it didn't pop, which to me, man, it was a great deal. You've been a moneymaker. Congratulations to you and to all the people who own your stock. Well, thank you, Jim. Well done. Ed Tony is the CEO of Vici Properties, V-I-C-I. And I have to tell you, this is what I dream of, a really good executive building value over time for people who want a distribution, a good one. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Okay. Man, my back in the room. Coming up, Kramer takes your calls. And the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round. Next. All right, before we start the lightning round, I just want to tell you about something that's so special that's happening tomorrow. It's our first ever CNBC Investing Club annual meeting. It's going to be right here in New York City. We'll be gathering investing club members, and Jeff Marks and I are going to spend the day talking about our portfolio, stocks, markets, and the best way we know to do that is to meet you in person to become better investors. We're going to be taking lots of questions from the members. Remember, if you are interested and want to join the club, or maybe be at the next event we do, just scan this QR code on your phone, and I really want you to be there. Ah, oh, you got to join the club. And now, and now it is time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round, crazy money. Let's start with Shad in Nebraska. Shad. Hey, Jim. Pin Entertainment. They recently completed the acquisition of Barstool Sports. What's your outlook on Pin? I like that deal. There's 200 million people watch that Barstool. I, I follow it. They got a lot of information. A lot of people like to bet. I think Penn Nat should come on the show after he did that deal. The stock's like 29 bucks. It went up to like 80. Let's get Penn Nat on because gambling is hot again. Paul, Mississippi, Paul. Hey, Jim. So cool to be on the phone with you. I appreciate it. It's cool and to be on the phone also, with you, Paul. What's happening? Yes, sir. Hey, I want to thank you for bringing along all these young investors out there, specifically my son Andy in San Diego. <laughs> Excuse me. And his son is a uh, younger brother in Hendersonville, Tennessee, Corey. These kids these days, they're so far ahead of where I was in my 20s. Oh, and they love the Got show. It's great. We went to Miami. Everybody loved the darn thing. My audience is getting younger as I get older. How can I help? <laughs> Got a pharmaceutical stock in mind, uh, growing revenue, growing equity, $12 billion in cash. This is the largest supplier of insulin on earth. What can you tell me about NVO? NVO is sold out of Wegovy, and that's why the stock seems to have had a uh, plateaued. I say stay on it. Wegovy is their weight and, and, and uh, diabetes drug, and it's a very, very good company. But be aware that the trust owns Eli Lilly, which is coming up very fast on the far turn. And I think Ole Miss is going to win at the finish line. Let's go to John in New York. John. Booyah, Jim. Nice Booyah, John. Nice weather down here at the East Coast. I'm getting ready for the spring. Gotta bring my car to the shop, the 12 volt doctor. I wanna know what, if ET is gonna come up to that principle of 12 to the high team. It will. I mean, look, I didn't like it for a long time because I didn't like that darn balance sheet. But they have figured it out, and it's just, what can I say? It beat the balance sheet out of me. Let's go to Brian in New York. Brian. Brian. Fly, fly Eagles. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought they were. Jimbo, what do we think about Fig? Is it changing the style of healthcare? I'm just, let me just recover. I just need to take a breath because uh, I'm friends with Harry Roseman and I may have to talk to him after the show. He's the general manager. And I've got to tell you, 
not because I don't like you, because as far as O'Brien might be a very nice guy, but that's a bad stock. And I think you should sell, 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 sell. By the way, I mean, it's ugly stuff, too. It's ugly, all right? I brought some home for my kid. He's like, what are you doing to me? Okay, there you go. Clarence in Utah. Clarence. Clarence, Hello? speak to me. Yeah, Clarence Kramer, how you doing? It's Chimmy Chill. Hey. Speak to me. Hey, booyah, Jim. Booyah. Um, Chill says booyah. A while back, I uh, talked to you about Zynga. You said it was a thing to look at. I went ahead and bought some, and uh, Take Two has bought them out, and I oh, can't my. figure Take out. Oh, my. Take Two is so low. They did not have a good quarter. By their own admission, Strauss Celtic is terrific executive. They got it. They they, uh, they need fresh titles. They will do it. I would not sell the stock here. It did not go down a lot after a admittedly bad quarter. That is a very, very good sign. We're not done here. We're going to Anthony in Florida. Anthony! Hey, Jim, I just want to thank you and your staff about uh, the monthly meeting we had in Miami. I loved it. And I'm going to be a lifetime member of your club. I I really loved it. And I thank you guys for all that. Oh, my. Anthony just made my day. We got the club meeting. I'm thinking I got to go home tonight, work about four hours. I feel like working five hours for Anthony. What's going on? Yeah, um, I I called you last year about Chewy, and I bought it. And Webb Bush last month brought it up to an outrating at 55. And with the downturn and everything, and I, I use it, my daughter uses it. Um, is it a buy for me to buy they more They have stocks to make can- a lot of money first, Anthony. They have not pivoted the way that I wanted. I need companies that grow and also make it profitable. Profitable growth is the answer. If Chewy shows me that, then I will indeed hit this button. Bye, bye, bye. But right now, I got to hit the... Don't buy, don't buy, don't buy. We're not done, clearly. Let's go to Joe in New York. Joe! Jimbo, booyah. Booyah. So, um, what did you, your thoughts on Palantir Technologies? You know what? I've had it with Palantir. I mean, it could be a meme stock. It could be whatever. The guy was cursing on the conference call. I can certainly do without that. But what really matters is they do not have the business that I need to see. That, that company is what I call big hat and no cattle. Let's go to Brad. Brad. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I am doing well. How about you? I am doing well. I uh, recently joined the club, and I appreciate uh, all you are teaching. There we go. It's really good Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, calling about uh, Excellus Technologies, ACLS. Undervalued Uh, company. I always think when you get a semiconductor company from Beverly Mass, they got to be real darn good. And Excellus is. I want them on the show before I opine too much on it, though. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, make a list, check it twice. Kramer shares key homework strategies ahead of tomorrow's special CNBC Investing Club annual meeting. Next. When I draw up a checklist, I've learned to stick with it. At the beginning of the week, I told you what we needed to see before we commit a lot of money to buying stocks for the Chapel Trust. Tomorrow, we convene our first annual investing club meeting in New York, not virtual real, and I found myself noodling on the checklist in anticipation. Let me give you a thumbnail of what I'll be talking about tomorrow, demonstrate how a good checklist can keep you from doing something foolish. 
like putting a lot of money to work in an ugly situation. First, I said there'll be no bottom until we see long-term interest rates stabilize. This week, they did the exact opposite, soaring in response to some overheated economic data. And we got a lot of it this week, especially today. Initially, long rates seemed like they peaked a few months ago, and I like that. But if this move keeps up, I think we'll actually challenge the four and change rate we got in October. With the tenure at nearly 3.95%, we're already back to early November lows. Rates are simply going the wrong way. So is the dollar, by the way. Bad news for American companies that do a huge amount of business overseas. Second, we need to see super expensive stocks go lower. Sell, 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 sell. Another box definitely not checked, as these richly valued stocks actually enjoyed a resurgence this week. That is bad news for certain. Third, we need to see the recession-resistant stocks get some love as money managers coalesce around the idea that we're headed for a genuine recession. Believe it or not, that's what we want to see. And that worked earlier this week, but when the dollar started soaring again, well, there goes that neighborhood. In the immortal words of survivors, Jeff Probst, got nothing for you. Of course, not everything is, hor- is horrendous here. The banks outperformed. There we go. Something going good. The broader market was not as good as the banks, both because there's a widespread belief the capital markets can't get any worse than they are, and because the traditional banks will coin money if the Fed keeps raising rates. Every tightening means they can take your deposits and invest them risk-free in treasuries for better return. So far, that's far outweighed any increase in bad loans. This may sound like a thin read, but as I've told you for years, a market led by the financials is a market I like. It's a bull market. I also thought we'd begin to see a dichotomy in the retailers where the trade down plays thrive, even though the the higher price trains, let's say, do okay, but they're struggling. I didn't expect to see such a tepid number from high-end Home Depot, though, but their sales are heavily levered to housing prices. Who wants to invest in renovation when you don't have the confidence that your home's going up in value? I don't. Then there are real issues here, really, because of Walmart. See, Walmart stock looked like it was going to come out and just break out to 150. But then the stock got hammered the rest of the week. Uh, Without differentiation, without some retailers doing well, anyone? We know Wall Street's going to keep throwing out the proverbial baby with the bathwater. And that could change this week, though, because we got a ton of new retailers reporting. Maybe someone can rally? I don't know. Why care about retail? It's just like the banks. Could be an important leadership group. If nobody leads, it'll be much harder for the market to bottom. Final checkbox, the market needs to get oversold somehow. We simply aren't there yet. In fact, until today, we actually got less oversold. I'm hung up on the S&P oscillator I've followed since 1986 because it's got a great track record for calling bottoms. Until it is minus five, we're in a trench warfare situation. Got to keep your head down. This is not the moment to go heroically over the top and try to buy something. We're only down about half as much as I would like to see after this evening. That's outright discouraging. That's why we have a checklist, and the decline of this market was anticipated almost perfectly by that list. I like to say there's always a bull market summer. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 